Hi, welcome back. My name is Justin Little, host of the Mental Wealth Podcast, now available on Apple, Spotify, and Google, and heard in 25 plus countries. Thank you so much for listening today. To reach out to us on Instagram, please follow us at the mental underscore wealth podcast. For collaboration, sponsorships, and partnerships, please email us at contacttmwp at gmail.com. As always, please take the time to invest into your mental wealth and well-being. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Justin Little, and this is the Mental Wealth Podcast. Dear me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you tried so desperately to fix others when your own hands were shaking. I'm sorry that I didn't give you enough time to heal, that I let you seal the wounds of everyone else while yours were bleeding. I'm sorry that there were days when smiling hurt you, but you forced yourself to laugh so that no one had to worry about you. I'm sorry that you gave all your time and effort to people that didn't give the same amount back. I'm sorry that there were nights when you cried yourself to sleep and no one bothered to understand why. And I'm sorry that I didn't love you like you deserve to be loved. I I start there because This is going to be a special episode of the Mental Wealth Podcast. It's been about six months to the day since I released the one and only bonus episode of the Mental Wealth Podcast. We've done 25 episodes with one bonus. It was 15 minutes. And I talked about the signs of depression. And when I listened back, I was really angry or passionate, something that really triggered me that day. Um, But I'm here a little calmer in a different mindset. I just got back. I was in Nevada, Vegas with a friend enjoying some time. And, you know, as I was out there, I was really just reflecting on this next stage, right, of my life, what I want And I realized I just have some really important decisions to make in my life. And, you know, what you're going to hear today, it was never planned to be released. As you know, I went to the Mental Wealth Expo about a month ago, get back to my hotel room, laid on the bed, I turned on the microphone, and I just started talking. More like a journalistic style. And honestly, I have not listened to it since that day. But I I felt that I need to be more vulnerable. You know, I was in Las Vegas and a couple of the shirts I wore with mental health messages on them. Shout out to Black Men Heal uh, and all my friends over there, Doug and uh, Taz. You know, you guys are amazing. And I got these shirts at the Mental Wealth Expo. One of them says, vulnerability is the new sexy, right? And got to say, I was walking down the streets and people love that shirt. And then there was another shirt that I wore that said black mental health, but then it highlighted black men heal because heal is the first four letters of the word health. Powerful shirt, great reviews, great reviews. and. You know, as I was kind of just meditating on my own journey and me being vulnerable, even on my Instagram page, my podcast page, where up to this point, I had maybe posted little to nothing about my personal life, had never really posted me in real life. I posted a few things while I was in Vegas. I wanted people to see me, the real person, as I go through this journey, this phase of healing, 
in my life. And I wanted to show them that I'm just, show you that I'm more than just a podcaster, right? That I'm a person growing, learning, dealing. I wanted to show a new level of vulnerability. I posted something yesterday showing my weight loss journey. And, and one of my listeners reached out and said, I had no idea. You've talked about it before, but I've never seen you, right? One of my good friends and mentors reached out and says, I was motivated because I really had no idea. Like you explained it, but I've never seen you that way. But to see your journey now brings me closer to you, helps build my appreciation for you that much more. And that was the goal, right? To peel back some of these layers that I've been hiding, right? The podcast's page is going to still be mostly about the podcast. But I realized I needed to talk about myself, talk about my journey, talk about some of the things that I've dealt with that I'm still dealing with. I saw a post that said men need to know it's okay to be vulnerable, to go to therapy, to not be okay, to talk about our feelings, to ask for help, to break down, to cry, to need support. I, I saw something else that truly resonated with me. It broke down some facts. Um, but before I go there, let me read this quote as well to you. Um, I used to think I was introverted because I really liked being alone. But it turns out I really just like to be at peace. And I'm very extroverted around people who bring me peace. And I saw that and it just hit me different because I said to myself, like, is it that I don't like people or is it that I'm surrounding myself with the wrong people? <laughs> is it that I'm more comfortable with people that I care about or people that it's easier for me to be around and to relate to that make me feel supported and loved? Or I just don't like people in general. So I had to like sit there for a second and, and think about that. But as I'm going through this journey and just each day learning more about myself and finding who I am and trying to find my peace, I realized that I need to be vulnerable. And, you know, I'm not so sure how people will react to what they're going to hear today. But I'll say that I was in a very, 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 very low place. I don't know if you know this, but this is from Brianna Verida Instagram page. You know, it's November, also known as Movember, where an extra emphasis, a movement for men to grow mustaches um, to focus on their their. Um, men's health, their prostate, their testicular cancer, men's mental health, of course. Um, and did you know that one man dies by suicide every minute of every day? Even though mental illness impacts both men and women, men are likely to seek treatment because of the societal stigma and the reluctance to talk and the downplaying of symptoms. It's interesting that Suicide is ranked as the third leading cause of death in black men ages 15 to 24. More than four times as many men as women die by suicide in the U.S. These are facts. Depression. Six million plus men suffer from depression each year, but it often goes undiagnosed because men are more likely to report fatigue, irritability, or loss of interest in work or hobbies rather than telling someone that they're sad and feel worthless. Anxiety, approximately 19.1 American adults ages 18 to 54 have an anxiety disorder. Three million men have a panic disorder or another type of phobia. Bipolar, 2.3 uh, million Americans are affected by bipolar disorder. An equal amount of men and women develop the condition the onset age for men is between 16 and 25. Men also have eating disorders. Males account for an estimated 10% of patients with anorexia or bulimia. An estimated 35% of those who binge eat, who those with binge eating disorder. Men with eating disorders are less likely to seek professional help than women. And it goes on to bring out common symptoms that men show 
trouble concentrating, overeating or not being able to eat, self-isolation, self-medication, problems with sexual desire performance. That's huge. Maybe you're in a relationship where your husband or your, your, your significant other doesn't want to be intimate with you. And someone could be hard to imagine, well, why would a man, men want sex, right? How is it possible that a man could just not want sex? Is he not attracted to me? Is he, is he homosexual? Well, that can be a sign of someone going through depression, feeling empty, hopeless, restless, irritable, aggressive, loss of interest and hobbies. It's a great post. It goes, breaks down the stigma, gives us reminders for men who are struggling with their mental health. It says the greatest stigma you, you're likely to face is from yourself. And it ends, it gives us resources, headsupguys.org, blackmenheal.org, mantherapy.org, faceitfoundation.org, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. Do not forget the text line, 74141. So I, I set the, the stage with this information to say that it's bad. We have a problem. And sometimes it makes us feel like no one will ever understand. What's the use of even talking about it? Because people will just never understand. But I decided today that I wanted to come in and talk open and honestly about my struggle and how important August, excuse me, October 10th, 2021 was for me, my journey, my mental health, and the, and the phase of my life that I was about to go through. Not from the perspective of financially or sponsorships, relationships, because it did that. But you're going to hear, I'd give all that up for what it did for me. You know, it's it's called 7 p.m. in New York. And because that's the time it was when I recorded it in New York. And uh, it's, a, it's a homage to my favorite rapper, Drake, who... Any Drake fan knows some of his best records, his most introspective, deep records are the timestamps. He has records 5 a.m. in Toronto, 9 p.m., um, 9 a.m. in Dallas, 4 p.m. in Calabasas, 6 p.m. in New York. Different records where he really, he's known for, for taking it there with the message, with the content. And that's, that's the premise of this. You know, the night I recorded it, I didn't edit it. I sent it to about six or seven different people. One person, or two people for sure, I know saw it. One of them, as you you knew last week, I played the clip of her referring to it live on air on The Breakfast Club. Another person, my good friend, um, Anna from the Mental Wealth Alliance, Charlemagne's uh, charity, his organization, uh, said that it was incredibly raw and moving. And so that was comforting that at least a few people heard it. I sent it out to a few people ahead of me actually releasing it, never thinking that I may release it. It just was truly how I was feeling. The title of, of the email saying, literally said, today saved my life. And it did. So as I move forward, I'm gonna share it all with you today in this raw, unedited form. This won't be episode number 26. This will go down as just a bonus episode. Coming off the week I had, you know, been long, jet lagged, and I think it just was the perfect time uh, to put out this episode for the world to hear. And before I do, I just want to, again, shout out to my friend, Alana Rule, our guest from last week's episode. I was sharing with her that that episode did the best numbers. It broke our record for first day stream download. So more people listened to that in the first day than any other episode, right? Um, now our, our episodes go up and down over the course of time, right? Episodes, older episodes are still being streamed and people are still finding the podcast and discovering, but that episode snapped off in the first day. And it was particularly interesting because I was out of town 
all week. And so I didn't really get a chance to really promote it the way I wanted to. Um, but there were still people that resonated and were going to her story and listening to her story and still are listening to her story as we speak. And so, again, so much love to you and look forward to working with you again. But, yeah, back to the matter at hand, guys. 7 p.m. in New York. Uh, I'm just going to give it to you the way the way it should be given to you. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to this bonus episode of the Mental Wealth Podcast. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Reach out to me. Let me know your thoughts, your feedback, your encouragement. Uh, trust me, in times like this, that's really needed and appreciate it. So please enjoy this. And uh, we'll be back next week with a regular episode of the Mental Wealth Podcast. What happens? I, yeah. get out the way, I get out the way. And then, oh, oh okay, this one we're doing? Yeah. Where's that? Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, it was, it was just, it was... I don't even have the words. It was just, I've gotten so many emails, even this morning. I got emails last night. One person even said, you all saved my life. Wow. That was the, whatever it is, the caption for mm-hmm. his, you know, the title for his email. And just went on to talk about, I think his name was Justin, how being in that space and, and being in that environment and you being there specifically and being such a kind, I'm big on kindness. What's today's date? It's Sunday, October 10th, 2021. What time is it? It's 7.27 p.m. Where am I located? You're at 311 W 43rd Street, New York, New York. I, uh... I was broken. I was broken. Shattered. Everything that I believed in, everything that I trusted in, everything that I knew to be true, I didn't want it. I've had a really few tough weeks, tough days, tough months. I'm not okay. And as I speak these words, water runs down my face and I stand in my truth of not being okay. I'm a podcaster. I'm an influencer. I'm a creator. I'm programmed to help people. But just a few days ago, I thought that I was beyond saving. I, uh, I left for New York and I had no intention of coming back. I left something in a place that only only you would find it. And if you're listening, if you ever hear this, you know who you are. On the way here, I, I, I was listening to this song over and over again 
playing back memories of my life, what I accomplished, what I didn't accomplish. And I was at peace with the end. It's ironic that on World Mental Health Day, 7.30 in New York, my mental health was, is shattered, broken. The other night, two in the morning, I called the suicide prevention hotline. 1-800-273-8255. It's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. Today saved my life. Today saved my life. See, if 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 you've ever been suicidal, if you've ever been at your wits and something happened, something changed, something switched within you to give you a reason. This day, this day, for me, it was today. It was the World Mental Health Day, Mental Wealth Alliance Expo, sponsored by iHeart Radio and Charlemagne the God. I I came I came up here as a podcaster as a creator I said if I could just if I could just get in front of people I just want to meet Michelle Williams I just want to meet Charlemagne I just I just want to meet Angela Rye whoever I can meet and network with. Maybe they can help me grow my podcast. Maybe they can help me get in front of some right people. Maybe I'll meet some people in the audience who will listen. But I came as a creator, but I left as a student. I got, it's been, a, it's been 11 years since I left high school. But they took me back to school. They took me back to school. Because in this position as a speaker, as a motivator, as a podcaster, now more than ever, my cup has to be filled. It has to be filled. See, I met some of these amazing people. I got pictures to prove it. I've I've got emails and important contact information to follow up that can help me grow this podcast. Whoop-de-woo. No, it's great. I love my podcast. I love my listeners. But it saved 
my life. Forget the podcast. It saved my life. I heard things that I've never heard before. And I sat there and I... Someone said, you have to stop fearing your fears. Fearing your fears. Running away from what you fear the most. I had to ask myself, Justin, what do you fear? What are you afraid of? What's holding you back? They, they help me to see that I, I can't heal anyone else unless I heal myself. I have to heal. And all I'm doing, if I'm not healing myself, is I'm surrounding myself. I'm, I'm hurting myself. I'm hurting the people that I love the most. I'm hurting I'm hurting everyone, including myself, because, you know, they said, someone asked him today, they said, what, why is mental health so important? He says, because I want to be the best version of myself. See, I thought I was the best version of myself. See, from the outside, it looks great. You got a car, you got a, you got a wife, you got a house, you travel, you got a great job, a great career. That's the mask. But they said today that the mask gets heavy. When you rip that mask off, you see that I am jello on the inside. And I need mending. This conference saved my life. They told me that you have to forgive yourself. You have to free yourself. A sister told a story that her best friend, she was out of the country, her best friend she had just spoke to 10 hours prior put a bullet to her head and fired. And she blamed herself but she had to forgive herself. See, that's powerful because I've been through so many things in my life and I haven't forgiven myself for the trauma that I've been through. I brush it to the side. I compartmentalize. I say it's a new day. We'll keep going. I haven't faced the things that I went through as a child, as a teenager, as an adult. I have been running, fearing my fears. But they gave me hope. They gave me hope because they says they said that that my trauma is is was my mess, but my breakthrough, my experience will be a blessing is a blessing. I got a chance to get up and speak and ask the beautiful Michelle Williams a question about why, you know, her coming from music, she went from R&B to gospel, but what effect does music have on the mind, on the mental health? And she really enjoyed that question. And after I asked that question, you know, I, 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 I introduced myself as Justin, a podcaster from Virginia, but I didn't name the podcast because I wasn't there for the clout, for the recognition. I just wanted to to listen. I just needed to to be there, right? But after the next break, after this particular session, people came and found me. They came to find me and say, you asked a amazing question. 
What's your podcast? Where can I find it? How can we partner? I was just honored to be in the presence of some of my heroes. But yet people wanted to find out about me. They wanted to exchange contact information, email, social media with me. They wanted to support me. I was empowered. I was enlightened. I was strengthened. Every doubt in my mind, everything holding me back started to slowly ease. That maybe I'm doing, maybe this is my purpose, my calling, what I'm supposed to be doing. Is to be educated, to be taken to school. And then use that information to help other people. But see, the problem was, I was being educated, but I was I was taking the information, at not I, I was taking it, and not listen. I see I was, was, I, I was hearing it, but I wasn't listening. You see, I know enough to go and speak eloquently and art and articulate myself on the microphone, to go and do interviews, and press. And speak highly of myself and the people that I'm aligned with. I can take information, information, post resources and share it with my audience. I heard it. But I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening. I needed to listen. And today I sat down and listen because one of the speakers he said he says you can't create a safe space until you're safe with yourself he said you're only as sane as your secrets and you cannot heal what you're not willing to reveal when he said that I almost fell on the floor I kid you not because I felt like he was looking at me and speaking directly at me because for so long I've had so many secrets, so many things I've held within. What's the point of therapy if you can't even reveal honestly some of the things that really trouble you? If you don't feel safe, how can I create spaces and safety for others? I need to heal. This conference saved my life. I learned about unconditional acceptance. Accepting the good, the bad, and the ugly. Just as quick as I am to accept the great traits, the things about me, that are amazing, I need to keep the same energy when it comes to things that I don't like. The downsides, my triggers, <clears throat> my trauma, my hurt, my pain. Because if you don't, he concluded, he says, everywhere you go, you take your stuff with you. If I, it's a saying, he says, if you don't heal what hurts you, you'll bleed on someone who ain't cut you. If you don't heal what hurts you, you'll bleed on someone. So, so now my trauma, my illness, what I'm dealing with is now affecting your loved ones because I can't be what they need me to be because I don't know what I need to be.
when it comes to being a man and these stigmas they put on us that we can't be emotional, we can't cry. They say, you know, we got to thug it out, right? Well, Mr. Wilson, he broke down. He told me, he says that what a thug is, you want to be a thug. What a thug is, is a traumatized human unable to grieve. And I'll tell you, he took the air out of the room. I mean, looking around this room, I saw beautiful, many, mostly people of color. We had some some beautiful uh, Caucasian friends in the room, but so many people of color, Spanish, different shades of black from all over New York, Jersey, California, Texas, Atlanta, Virginia, coming together to have the conversations that we need to have. And I felt safe. I felt welcomed. I felt, I felt at home. And he said that a thug is a traumatized human unable to grieve. I tell you not, he took the air out of the room. I'll never forget it. They told me that anything that you need to be anything and everything you have to be in the moment. Anything and everything you have to be in the moment. Involve, nurture yourself, break free from misconstrued masculinity, emotional incarceration, and run towards the places that hurt you most. Isn't that interesting? He says, run towards the places that hurt you most. If it's hurt, run to it because now you're living in that truth. You're accepting that truth. You're facing your fears and then you can beat it. But I could never beat it running away from it, pretending it doesn't exist, pretending it isn't there, pretending that I'm okay. I'll never beat it. It always will be chasing me. This conference saved my life. Last question they asked them, they said, they said, how should we define ourselves as men? Like, what should be the definition of a man since society puts so many of these preconceived notions surrounding what a man should be, particularly what a black man should be? You know what he said? He says, Absolutely nothing. He says the moment we define ourselves is the moment we begin to limit ourselves. Oh my goodness. I... Because now you're holding yourself fast to a definition that someone else created. Not something that you created. We create the narrative. We create the story. We Foster the conversations. We decide the journey. Don't limit yourself to other people's expectations of you. You'll never be happy. Never. You know, he, uh, he concluded too with a short story about his son and about how his son asked him, says, how were you able to be such a great dad even though you didn't have your dad present in your life? And he said it was easy. I gave you what I longed for. I gave you what I longed for. Now, I couldn't relate particularly because I had an amazing father. And I'm blessed to still have him in my life today. We didn't always agree, but he was a great father. Is. But I understood the sentiments of you paying back someone else. Because of it's what you felt you needed, but didn't get. It's what I felt I needed. I'm paying it forward because I didn't get this love, this affirmation, this mental health education. So I want to give it to someone else. I 
when I give it to someone else. I was reminded that you, me, I am the moment that I choose to be. I'm the moment that I choose to be. These are things that I will never forget. Yes, I made friends. I met celebrities. I took pictures. I networked. And no doubt this will affect and grow the podcast. But worth more all than all of that is that I saved my life. Because I was on edge. My mind wasn't clear. And I'll be honest, it still isn't 100%. But in this moment at 7.30 in New York, I have clarity. I know what I am. I know who I am. And I know who I'm going to be. And I know why I was put here. And I also understand that some of the decisions that I'm about to make in my life and some of the things that I'm going to do are going to hurt people. They're going to hurt people. Some aren't going to understand some just can't can't see. But I've been I've been hurting for a while. And I don't want to hurt anymore. I deserve to have what I need. Then Drake say I forgot I forgot the line, but the Drake line is something about I gotta I gotta look it up. You know I gotta always come in here, man. If I if I if I mention Drake, then I'm I'm gonna uh it's gonna take me out of this little misery. You know, Drake is my favorite rapper. If you've been listening here, you guys know I reference Drake a lot, right? He says I've been losing friends and finding peace. Honestly. That sounds like a fair trade to me. I realize at 7.30 in New York City, I realize that some of the things that I'm going to have to do in my life means I'm going to lose some friends. Maybe even some family. But I'm going to gain my peace. I'm going to gain my self-worth. I'm going to gain my heart. I'm going to gain my passion. I'm going to gain my life back. Because it almost was gone. I almost lost it. But I'm still, in the words of Antoine Fisher, I'm still standing, I'm still strong. I almost let my mind break me. But now I'm going to use my mind to help me win. Now I'm going to use that same mind that almost took me out of this world. I'm going to use that mind to win. I'm going to use that mind to help people. I'm going to use that mind to bring blessings to my life. And that might mean that I have to lose some people along the way, but I'm going to do it because it's what I need. Because I refuse to live another day in this darkness. I refuse to be this low again. I refuse to be sunken in this place. I don't know if anyone will ever hear this because I'm recording this as a journal, not as a podcast, but this is raw, uncut, unedited, Justin. Not the podcast host, not the guy with the deep voice, the radio voice. This is Justin the human, Justin the person. So when you judge me, and you make up decisions in your mind about decisions that I've made or make for me. Remember that I'm a human just like you. That I feel just like you. That I think just like you. I cry just like you. 
and I breathe just like you. The final thing I want to highlight is that I was in a breakout session about suicide awareness and this black pilot, I don't even know his name to mention his name, but he uh, he mentioned that he had tried to kill himself not long ago. He'd been going through it. He says, people look at pilots and think you live some lavish, great life. I, I'm international. I'm here. I'm there. I'm, I'm never home. I'm traveling. I'm in the nicest restaurants, nicest hotels. But he says, I'm so alone. I'm so alone. He says, as a black man, I had to work my way so high to even be able to have this chance to pilot a plane. Because we all know there's more white pilots than black. He says, if I admit to some of the things that I'm feeling, they'll want to pull me out of the sky. No, I'm going to land this plane. I'm going to get these people here safe. But when I get to the hotel, I'm crying. When I'm alone in my hotel room, when I'm alone in the bunk on the long flight, I'm crying tears because I'm alone. And there's no one out there that understands me. And, you know, I thought about it for a second. I said, you know, I get on a lot of planes and at least on the way out, I like to, you know, the, the pilot usually stands up, captain, and wave and say, thank you, cap, you know. When we get on a plane, we don't even really look to the left. The pilots are sitting down, getting the flight ready. We look at the flight attendants. We go sit down, and we fight with the flight attendants about wearing our seatbelt. And we just can't wait till the seatbelt sign goes off, right? And we're just waiting for our free water, our free Sprite, and our free snack. Our biggest concern is, let me get this luggage overhead and get into a comfortable seat. Is it assigned seats? Is it unassigned? That's our biggest concern, right? The pilots have the responsibility to land hundreds of people, thousands of people, each and every day safely. No matter what turbulence you might feel in the sky, we get nervous. Flying is the safest form of travel by far. Safer than driving, safer than trains, motorcycles, any other form of travel. Flying by far is the safest. But here's the ironic thing. We get into, forget getting into an Uber and not knowing the driver. We'll get into an airplane a pressurized metal tube, 30,000 feet in the air. <laughs> and have people fly us up 30,000 feet above the land, people we've never met before. And not just never met, we have no idea what they're dealing with mentally, emotionally. What's going on in their family? Are they married? They got kids they haven't seen in days, weeks? Are they single and they can't find a lasting relationship because they're gone all the time? Are they near their breaking point? So I challenge you guys today, and I'm going to challenge myself. The next time I get on the plane, I'm going to ask the pilots before I get on, hey, Captain, First Officer, how are you? How are you feeling? We're great. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. And when I leave and I land safely... I know it's kind of corny now to clap. Like, people don't clap anymore when the plane lanes, unless it's like a really turbulent flight. But when I get off the plane, when I do plane, I'm going to make sure I tell them thank you. And when I'm in the airport and I see those pilots, and flight attendants as well, too, not to, not to be remiss. When I see them walking down the airport with their luggage and that little rollaway bag, those, that small duffel and that rollaway bag that they live out of for, for days at a time. I'm going to stop them and tell them thank you. Thank you for what you do. And my prayers is that your mental health is strong. Not for the sake of the passengers. That's important too. But see, that's the funny piece, right? Because like our first go-to is if you think you have a pilot that isn't right in the head, well, automatically you're just, well, I don't want that pilot flying me. Because we think selfishly. We think that that person is not capable of doing their job because they might have gone through a mental health crisis. So none of us are capable of doing our jobs. If we're going through a mental health crisis or any type of mental illnesses, those of us who go silent doing our day-to-day -day jobs, they're in your schools, they're teaching your students, your kids, they're making your food, they're packing your groceries, they're everywhere. You just don't know it yet. 
So just because you have a mental illness or mental health or suicide tendencies does not mean that you are not capable for your job. So when I say I want to check on someone's mental health, it isn't about the passengers because I believe a pilot, whatever they go through, they can still land these planes and get us safely to our destination. I pray for healing for him. I pray for healing for him so that he can be the best version of himself. So that when he lands that plane safely, he does what he has to do. He's proud of his accomplishments. He's proud of the income he's been able to earn. He's proud of his livelihood. I pray for healing for him, that he's able to get the resources, the therapy, the things that he needs so that he can live his best life. I pray for him. Today, October 10th, 2021, the day that 10 10 I'll never forget it it saved my life and I'm happy to be here to continue to be here again I don't know when and if you guys will ever be listening to these words but I hope you guys respect the honesty that you respect the rawness, the realism, and understand that I got what I needed today. I am more focused than ever before. There's nothing that can distract me or slow me down now. I'm not saying I'm never gonna have bouts of depression again or suicidal thoughts. No, I'm bound to have them again, trust me. They'll happen again. But I know my purpose now. I've been reassured and reaffirmed of what I need, what I need. And I'm going to do me. I'm not going to ask for permission. And guess what? I ain't going to ask for forgiveness either. Love and healing to each and every one of you. Today saved my life. Thank you.